You're listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Orda Energy Mon, and let's talk about how the world is falling apart. Did you notice it's August? Did you notice how cold it is? Well, spring has come back. Let's talk about fracking. The Illinois Department of Natural Resources public comment period for the first fracking well in Illinois. Yes, that's right. IDNR has opened the second comment period following the August 2nd public hearing on Woolsey's application for the first frack wells. These comments should pertain to testimony or evidence that was received during the public hearing on Wednesday, August 2nd. The deadline for submitting responsive public comments is August 18th. IDNR will potentially issue the permit any day thereafter. The judge will be sending his report to the IDNR director by August 10th and appears that the deadline for ruling on the application is August 31st. So just to let you know, more information at don'tfractureillinois.net. The Illinois Department of Natural Resources public comment period for the first fracking well in Illinois is up now. For more information on what evidence testimony was presented at the hearing, don'tfractureillinois.net. In other news, fake it till you make it. A Swiss town wants to save their local glacier with artificial snow? Pontarazzini residents enlisted a retired glaciologist, Hans Orlemans, to help them save a nearby glacier that had long been a draw for tourists. Once just a short walk from the train station, the tip of the glacier has retreated so far up the valley that it's no longer visible from the road. Hans, the retired glaciologist, think I'm saying that right? calculated that the glacier could be saved with the help of a couple thousand energy-efficient snow machines. That's right, a couple thousand. By piling on fake snow in the spring and summer, half a square kilometer of the stuff, the most melt-prone section of the ice could be protected. In time, Han says, the glacier's retreat could be halted and even after... I don't know, 10 or 15 years of this, reversed. The community is running a test this summer. It would be not the first time a glacier has gotten some TLC from concerned individuals. In 2014, artists installed a giant fleece blanket on a Swedish mountain, reflecting sun and keeping the ice insulated during the summer months. Think of it as a small batch, local, artisanal, Geoengineering. Not the most practical plan, but so crazy it just might work. As for the other 198,000 glaciers at risk from climate change, we might just have to think a little bigger.
on a little wood. <laughs> I've got this sound effect CD of all nature sounds and um, just random things recorded of people doing things in nature or of nature. All right. In other news, spongy soil can help farmers combat climate change. Did you know, a little editorial, in July locally, we had both a drought and a flood. That's right. We didn't have rain for a long time, and then when it rained, it rained such a deluge, it was a flood. All right, back to the news article. Droughts are expected to worsen, and intense storms to become more frequent across much of the country in coming decades as the planet warms. But their impact on our agriculture could be blunted if American farmers focus on their roots. I guess their roots will help the roots of the plant. A new study released on Wednesday, sometimes our show is up to date, examines the benefits of cover cropping. That's planting soil enriching plants between crop cycles. I almost said crop circles. Crop cycles and other soil boosting practices used around the world. With a close look at Iowa, one of the Midwest's top producing agriculture states, the study determined that farmers could help their land better withstand some of the effects of warming climate by making their soil more spongy. I guess that's not really a technical term because it's in quotes. Quote, spongy soil holds more water, said Andrea Bashi, the study's author and a Kendall Science Fellow in the Union of Concerned Scientists Food and Environment Program. What we found to be the most effective and consistent way to get more porous soil is keeping roots there, end quote. That certain practices help build soil health, including cover cropping or no-till, in which farmers refrain from plowing soil, has long been understood in agriculture. But in the American Midwest, where corn and soybeans are the most widely grown crops, few farmers have embraced these practices. As little as 2% of growers in the Mississippi River Basin plant cover crops, despite evidence suggesting they not only boost yields, but also make soil more resilient to increasingly volatile weather. Bosch set out to understand the specific impacts of soil building practices, in part to make a clear case to farmers and architects of farm policy. Quote, I see this as being the first study to qualify how some of these simple steps can make a big difference, she said. Do we understand what the benefits is of healthy soil? And do we understand the practices that can get us there? These are the questions we tried to answer. Bosch looked at 150 field experiments across six continents and found that nearly two-thirds showed that soil held water better if any of a number of soil building practices were used, including cover cropping, no-till, and rotational planting, among others. Of these practices, she, felt that she found that maintaining continuous living cover by growing cover crops or perennial crops proved the best strategy for improving soil's ability to absorb water. In Iowa, which struggled through extreme storms and drought in recent years, Bosch found that cover and perennial crops could make more water available for absorption by crops, up to 11% more, and could re reduce runoff by 11-15%. to 15%. In drought years, when rain absorption is even more critical, the benefits were greater. 
Bosch's analysis found that in 2012, a year of extreme drought in Iowa, rooted soils had 60% less runoff. 60%? 60% less runoff than soils without cover or perennial crops. Now, the U.S. Department of Agriculture policies have for decades promoted the expansion of soybeans and corn at the expense of more diverse mix of crops. Critics say the department places too much emphasis on short-term crop insurance to help farmers in drought or flood conditions rather than on soil-building practices that could make farms more resilient in the long term. Quote, we need more perennials in our cropping systems, as the report suggested, said Ferd Hoffner, policy director for the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition, which has long advocated cover cropping. Conservation, research, and commodity and crop insurance reform is critical to make that happen, end quote. A drought in the Plain States this year, growing fertilizer caused water pollution and recent reports that the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico caused by nitrogen runoff has reached its biggest size ever, only underscore the need for policies that promote soil building techniques, proponents say. We need to have roots in the soil, Bosch said. That's a good quote. I actually recently went to... Um, the University of Illinois Extension Service for a tour of um, their little farm in Murfreesboro and they have a cover crop um, what is it experimental plots and they were talking about the different kinds of cover crops and the ones that were most interesting to me were the ones that pulled nitrogen up to the topsoil and choked out the weeds and so um, you know, they'd plant it short term, it would kill off all the weeds so you don't have to spray for weeds, plus it pulled nitrogen to the surface, and so when they would plow it in, it had improved the soil um, tremendously, so... Elon Musk tells National Governors Association how we could power the U.S. with solar. Speaking on Saturday, the National Governors Association summer meeting, summer meeting, it's summer? I guess it is. Summer meeting in Rhode Island, Elon Musk told his audience, including 30 United States governors, that it's possible to power the nation with solar energy. Quote, if you wanted to power the entire U.S. with solar panels, it would take a fairly small corner of Nevada or Texas or Utah. You only need about 100 miles by 100 miles of solar panels to power the entire United States, Musk said. The batteries you need to store the energy to make sure you have 24-7 power is one mile by one mile, one square mile, that's it. End quote. Why solar? Well, as Musk explained, as far as energy sources go, we can count on solar to come through for, with it, for us. Quote, people talk about fusion and all that, but the sun is a giant fusion reactor in the sun, in the sky. It's really reliable. It comes up every day. If it didn't, we'd got bigger problems, unquote. At present, about 10% of the U.S. is powered by 
renewable energy sources. To achieve a complete renewable energy power, Musk thinks solar is the way to go. To start, he suggested combining rooftop solar and utility-scale solar plants. The former would be the rooftops of houses in the suburbs, while the latter would power other areas. As we've seen with Tesla's new rooftop solar unit and efforts in other countries like Australia, to build large-scale solar plants, this is a goal well within reach. Next, while in transition from fossil fuel to solar, it'd be necessary to rely on other renewables. Quote, we need to do a combination of utility-scale solar and rooftop solar combined with wind, geothermal, hydro, and probably some nuclear for a while in order to transition to a sustainable solution, end quote, Musk explained. Finally, the U.S. has to build more localized power sources, like the rooftop solar setups, quote, People do not like transmission lines going through to their neighborhood. They really don't like that, and I agree, Musk said. Rooftop solar, utilities solar, that's really going to be the solutions from the physics standpoint. I can really see another way to really do this, end quote. When this happens, the U.S. would eliminate about 1,821 million metric tons of carbon dioxide, CO2 emissions, generated by the country's current electric power sector, 35% of the overall CO2 energy-related emissions in the U.S. So, the thing that I like best about what he's talking about is... Currently, nobody wants a power plant in their backyard, so we tend to transmit the energy long distances and in the process lose about 50% of the electricity in the power line loss. By putting, you know, renewable energy um, and especially solar right on the location, there isn't any loss and, uh, you know, almost as close to 100% of that energy is used right on site. It's just easy and there's no transmission loss versus the 50% transmission loss with our current power system going from the power plant through all those high voltage power lines, transformers and all that good stuff down to the house. So a lot of power is lost in that transmission. Did you know that today is Presidential Joke Day? Yes, there's a day specifically to make fun of our president. Coming up is Son and Daughter Day, Middle Child's Day, Left-Hander's Day. Quit making fun of me. I'm not the president. <laughs> National Creamsicle Day. Relaxation Day, now that's one's for me, but it's on a Tuesday. Huh. Wednesday is National Telejoke Day, and Thursday is National Thrift Shop Day. August is Admit Your Happy Month, Family Fun Month, and today is the last day of International Clown Week. We are still in Peach Month. Romance Awareness Month, Water Quality Month, and National Picnic Month. 
I will get into the happenings in a second. If you have something that is happening and you would like us to announce it, please email it to info at yourcommunityspirit.org and we will add it to our calendar. Be right back with the local happenings. In Happenings, the SAFE meeting Saturday. Um, SAFE stands for Southern Illinoisans Against Fracturing Our Environment. The SAFE meeting Saturday, August 12th, 1.30 to 3.30 p.m., at the Douglas School Art Place. Southern Illinoisans Against Fracturing Our Environment, SAFE, holds a local monthly meeting for community members to discuss how we will protect our forest communities from fracking, mining, degradation, and exploitation. If you like clean air and water and think we can create green sources of revenue for our community, then this is the meeting for you. SAFE is open to the public and has a potluck after the, any of the meetings. Any questions, please send a message to SAFE on Facebook or visit the SAFE website at don'tfractureillinois.net. have the joy of getting a couple books and this one is from Pigeon Books will be on sale September 5th now it is called Urban Forest a natural history of trees and people in the American cityscape by Jill Jones trees Nature's largest and longest living creations play an extraordinary important role in our cityscape. They are living landmarks that define space, cool the air, soothe our psyches, and connect us to nature in our past. Today, four out of five Americans live in, in or near cities surrounded by millions of trees that make up urban forests containing hundreds of species. Here's an interesting book about urban forests which is a celebration of urban trees and the americans whose passions have shaped and ornamented the nation's cities from jefferson's day to the present if you would like this copy give me a call 618-457-3691 I almost gave you my cell phone number. <laughs> uh, this book actually won't be published until uh, September 5th, so you get an uh, early bird copy. Um, I guess all I would ask for you to do is uh, give me a, um, a brief synopsis of it so we can talk about it on the radio, because, of course, the reason why the publisher sends me these books is to promote them and talk about them on the radio. 
you know, I never really think of forests in the city. But that's what this whole book is about, urban forests. And the people who work and care for them. Back to Happenings. Girls Rock Camper Showcase, Saturday, August 12th, 5 to 9 p.m. at Hangar 9. Girls Rock Carbondale and a cohort of campers are taking over the Hangar 9 on Saturday, August 12th. Come see the Hangar transformed into a wise, wild, crazy, all-ages venue and watch eight bands that will have been working hard all week perform an original song or two. Doors at 5 o'clock, shows at 6, the Girls Rock Camper Showcase this Saturday. Also on Saturday, every Saturday, um, this was Fresh Fitness. Originally, it was just going to be June and July, but it's been so popular, they're going to continue it August and September. Fresh Fitness, every Saturday from 8, excuse me, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Turley Park. The City of Carbondale and the Carbondale Park District are excited to announce fresh fitness classes will continue to be offered throughout the fall. Every Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. at Lennis Turley Park in August and September. Experience is not necessary. Please wear comfortable clothes and bring a water bottle, towel, and or yoga mat. A cash donation is suggested. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact Carbondale Public Relations Officer Amy Fox at 559-1939. Continuing the conversation every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of Southern Illinois residents meets on Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. for continuing the conversation in the Newman Center at 715 South Washington Street in Carbondale. The purpose over the year has been as the Race United group has evolved from discussion to action. In other happenings, game night every Wednesday at 7 p.m. at Guy House. In this high-tech world, sometimes it's good to slow down. Playing games does exactly that. Come to Guy House on Wednesday nights to exercise your mind, visit with friends, and make new friends. It's a splendid time. Game night participants learn and play games from around the world, from family games to card games to complex strategy games. Members decide what we play. So, Now mark your calendar in case you didn't know. Eclipse 2017 at SIU Carbondale. The total solar eclipse of 2017, the first total solar eclipse over the continental U.S. since 1979, will reach its point of greatest duration just a few miles from Carbondale. The view from SIU should be spectacular with the campus hosting a wide variety of events for visitors on the weekend and day of the eclipse. Saluki Stadium is the focal point of the eclipse observation event where the public is invited to a guided eclipse experience emceed by Matt Kaplan of Planetary Radio. 
Guests will see the eclipse happening live overhead while watching and participating in a variety of edutainment activities developed in conjunction with partners including NASA Eclipse 2017, the Adler Planetarium of Chicago, the Louisiana Space Consortium, the Science Center of Southern Illinois, and other related groups. Visitors will be able to see the live coverage of the eclipse across America through the eyes of NASA, anchored by NASA Edge from the campus of SIU Carbondale. Additional events on campus include scientific talks leading up to the eclipse, the Crossroads Festival, this is a food carnival entertainment in lot 18, Crossroads Comic Con in the Student Center, the Crossroads Astronomy, Science, and Technological Expo in the SIU Arena, the Crossroads Arts and Craft Fair, and much more. For more information, see eclipse.siu.edu. Additional uh, information on the NASA Eclipse is eclipse2017.nasa.gov. Did you know about the Total Solar Eclipse Comic Con? That's right, the first ever comic convention hosted on the campus of SIU. With thousands of people expected to visit Carbondale, this convention will prove to be an exciting event featuring over 50 vendors, a VIP autograph area with special guests, costume competition with cash prizes and trophies, gaming zone for board and video gamers, and much more. For information about the Comic-Con, studentcenter.siu.edu slash eclipsecon. The 6th Fuller Future Festival, Saturday, August 19th, from 4 to 9.30 p.m. at the Varsity Center. The 6th Fuller Future Festival Eclipse Weekend Events. Free admission at the Varsity Center for the Arts, 4 to 6 p.m., the World of Buckminster Fuller Documentary Showing. 6 to 7 p.m., Gallery Reception, Food by Cristados in the main art gallery. 7 to 8 p.m., Elizabeth Donahue and Brent Ritzel present Our Future in Livery. 8 to 9, Stories of Buckminster Fuller, Experience and Inspiration, Share and Learn. Also, Things Around Town. Solardale uh, Collective Art Show, which is up right now through the month at Cristados. Up right now, the Museum of Livery Buckminster Fuller Artifact e Exhibit at the Varsity. And then the biggest Bucky book sale in human history. Get nearly every book by and about Buckminster Fuller. FullerFutureFest.com. Also the, that weekend, Carbondale Eclipse Family Fun Zone at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. The Family Fun Zone, located at the Town Square Pavilion, is where families create Carbondale Eclipse memories. 
there will be a water slide, bouncy house, kids crafts, and science-based activities. Um, I actually know my mom's going to be set up there with a couple of sun ovens and doing a solar cooking demonstration. That is Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. For more information, visit CarbondaleEclipse.com slash events slash category slash Eclipse Family Fun Zone or call 529-5044. Basically, the whole town is going to have different things. Solar Eclipse Paddle on the Cash, Monday, 10 to 3. White Crane Canoe Rentals and Guide Service. The Cache River is in the path of totality for the Great American Eclipse. Observers there will see approximately 2 minutes and 28 seconds of totality.